Welcome to the No Neutral Moments Podcast. My name is Patrick Payton, and it's my pleasure to discuss, to explore, and maybe even to discover what it means for each one of us to live our lives fully engaged, to challenge each one of us to be fully aware, and completely expecting to engage to the fullest everything we've been designed, called, and gifted to be. So with all this in mind, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get engaged. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the No Neutral Moments podcast. This is part two of the Connective Communication podcast that we started last week. And so I hope you've had a chance to listen to the introduction and uh, be ready for this second part. And I hope you've been curiously waiting and you can't wait to um, hear what else we have to say about episode 46 as we continue with Connective Communication. I want to continue to thank you for passing this podcast on to your friends and work associates. I hope that it uh, is of great value to you in your personal life and your professional life uh, when you're helping others as well as helping yourself. And so let's jump right in to this second part of connective communication. I won't spend a lot of time talking about the ground that we've covered except to remind you that. Uh, I hope you're seeing the same thing happen in your life, and that is when you begin to see things, you begin to be interested in things, you begin to practice uh, certain behaviors, you you practice certain, I I don't know, skills, and then as time goes by, really one of the most important things you do is you begin to learn from your uh, practice of of those things and you learn from your mistakes and you get better and you get better and you improve and you improve. And and so that's something that uh, I would remind you of that a lot of these issues uh, that I see in this, this thought process of connective communication come from a lot of trial and error in my own life and in my own leadership. But again, thank you for being a part of this podcast and uh, let's, let's get right in. I think I'm picking up with number four, and so let's just jump right in and talk about that without connective communication, what people see, what they want, or what they think they deserve will become the primary perspective. Remember how I told you earlier in the previous podcast that one of the important things that you have to do in connective communication is give proper perspective, give broad-based perspective, give more perspective than you think you um, you need to, a point of view, a perspective, because people will fill the void with their own perspectives, and oftentimes those can be dangerous to themselves and to you. And so, when without connective communication, here's where people begin to think. They think about they're what they see, which oftentimes what they see happening in the offices of the company, what they see in the media, what they see uh, in their work associates, uh, then gets tangled in with what they think they want. This is what they want you to do. This is what they want other people to do. And even more dangerous is they begin to think they deserve something, and that's on you. That's on me because we have not connectively communicated. And so, Another way of saying this is they begin to circle around themselves and then they begin to draw other people in or they are drawn into another circle of other people and they turn inward and they begin to work on assumptions, which are oftentimes based at best in half truths. So connective communication has to work towards getting the team on the same page so you can avoid the protection of self. This, 
This just builds on all the other things that we have talked about. You have to connect everyone to the bigger story, the bigger why, the just cause, the purpose. Why do we exist? What is beyond revenue? Remember this. If you do not connectively communicate, they will always assume money is more important than they are to you. They will always assume you're making every decision based on money. You could care less about them. And even though certain decisions have to be made in regards to money, there are other ways to communicate importance, to communicate security, identity, competence, purpose. But if you fail the perspective test, they will always fill it. The people that report to you, the people that you you purport to lead, they will always fill it with the following words. Well, all all they care about is the money. And that's what they see. That is what they think. And what they think they deserve is for you to speak to them differently, act towards them differently, and treat them differently. That's why in your communication, you've got to work hard to get the team on the same page. That's not manipulation. It's helping them see the realities. It's sharing the information that sometimes you may not have shared before so you can avoid them self-protecting. Keep in mind what I said in the previous episode. When you're finished communicating with your employees, your team members, whatever phrase you use in your operation, you want to be thinking about what are they going to go home and tell their family? What will they go to the gym and tell their workout buddy? What will they communicate to their golf buddies? What will they communicate to the friends they fish with or play tennis with? Think about what they will communicate about what you have said. So, connective communication works to get the team on the same page to avoid the protection of self that's this circle of spinning on what someone thinks they see, what they think they want, and what they think they deserve. You have got to communicate to the bigger story, the just cause, whatever you want to call it, and you've got to give perspective, and you've got to work through security and work into trust. Otherwise, you're going to miss this whole thing, okay? So, the... um, Let me just... I I was going to... I was thinking about saying something else about that, but I think I'll just... I'll just keep going. Um... Without connective communications, let's move on to the next one. Without connective communications, security is always called into question due to the, the the idea that something damaging is not being shared. Okay, so so connective communication it always fights for helping people be secure. People always know enough to be dangerous to themselves and to those around them, and this dangerous assumption is what they're going to run to. They're going to run to the darkness of being uninformed. The question for you is whether there's enough trust to share with clarity in order to avoid the false narrative. Connective communication is always breeding security. It's always fighting for trust. A very difficult but well-informed connective communication is always better than an assumed uninformed story. So you again, it's sort of repeating here, but you have to keep fighting towards giving information that tells the story, and sometimes you have to assume the story you think they're they're telling, and that comes by strategically asking people different things. It comes by saying things like, "What do you hear us saying? What do you think we're saying? What is it that's being communicated to you? Tell me what you're hearing come out of the company communications." Got to keep working towards this because 
especially in difficult times, the temptation to darkness is so much more tempting than to that which is positive. We, we oftentimes move towards what is, um, um, oh, I don't know what the word is here. I, darkness is the only thing I think. Pessimism. We, we move towards pessimism. So let's go on to the next one. Without connective communication and after, if you, if you don't check the see, want, and deserve perspective, then here's what's going to happen. So follow with me here. If you're not connecting in your communication and you allow people to form a perspective based upon what they think they see, based upon what they want because you have not shared with them any other perspective that's correct, based upon what they think they deserve because they're buying into a fearful, dark narrative because you haven't given them information. If you don't call that into check, if you don't stop that process, then people will start protecting. In other words, they'll start protecting their turf. They'll start guarding their turf and guarding the people around them. They'll start defending things that may not even be good for the company or the long-term purpose of the company. And then they'll start blaming you for everything that they're doing. So let me, let me talk through that again, because connective communication has to pull the team back from the spin of isolation and pull them back into the perspective of the big picture or the just cause, or the why, and all these words have been using that have been made popular over the years. If you don't work towards protecting people from the perspective of what they think they see, what they want, or what they think they deserve, if that remains unchecked and that is all in form, remember that's spinning around themselves and around their own perspective and their own narrative. If you don't do something to check that, to bring that back, then the next thing they will do without a proper perspective is they will start circling around. I I call this kind of a, to steal from, from Jim Collins, sort of a doom leap, doom loop. They will start protecting their turf and protecting their people, not necessarily for the right reasons. They'll start guarding, they'll put up walls, and they'll start defending actions and the things they're doing. And while they're doing all this, the person that they're going to blame for these actions is you, the leader, and quite frankly, you are the problem because you or I, if I'm the communicator, have not given them the correct perspective in line with the big purpose in the, in the story so that they can have security. So this is the defense mechanism because of a lack of connective communication. You keep practicing, though, and, co- and Connective communication will pull the team back. Here's how some of this happens. You can be talking to your team and you can say, I think it seems to me that there could be a thought process that what we're doing is fill in the blank. As I've been paying attention to what we have been saying to you, I'm afraid that sometimes what I have been saying to you might communicate fill in the blank. In other words, you never blame the audience for not hearing what you wanted them to hear. You take the blame for not communicating what they needed to hear, and then you address it. So it goes something like this. I've been thinking about how we've been trying to communicate to you through this difficult time. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've realized I may be painting a picture that's not completely understandable. So let me try again 
and see if I can communicate a better picture to our team members who are so important to us. You're pulling them back into the bigger perspective. It may go something like this. I've been thinking about, we have been thinking about as a management team, what we have been telling you. And it's become clear to us, the more we've been thinking about how we've been communicating, we have not been helping you as our team members to see the big picture. In fact, we're starting to think that the things we are saying are causing you to believe the most important thing to us is money rather than people, even though we say in our value statements that people are our most important asset. So we want to just refresh this conversation and make sure you understand the why behind the things that we're doing. We want you to be able to see the reasoning behind this and to see the bigger picture. This is how you pull a team back from these doom loops of self-centered vision, wanting, and thinking they deserve that leads to this protective loop of protection and guarding and defending because ultimately when you ask them why did you do something that seemed to be contrary to where you were headed as a company, they're going to blame you and your communication. Let's move on to the next one. Without connective communication, um, little circles of safety will pop up to fill the void of a lack of security. This is really the third step of the three things I've already talked to you about in this uh, edition of this podcast. Remember the first one was, if we don't give them the right information and we're not connecting in our communication, they will automatically defer to the self-centered perspective rather than the bigger perspective of your purpose, your why, and the reason you're doing the things that you do. So they will be working on what they see. They'll be working on and working from a perspective of what they think they want And they will be churning in a perspective of what they think they deserve from you. And that's on you because you have not given them a different, sufficient, secure narrative. And if we don't check that, we've already talked about, we just talked about it, how they will pull in and start this circle of protection, guarding and defending and blaming you, the leader. And then here's the third thing they will do. If you do not have connective communication... They will surround themselves with those who have the same perspective as themselves. Let me give you an old restaurant example, and you can see the power of this. In the restaurant industry, and I don't know how much the numbers change, it can only have increased. But back in the day before social media, uh, we used to tell uh, our wait staff when we would train them that for every one negative review, now hang on to this, of the restrooms, of the facilities, that would equate to 10 people hearing that message. Now, you and I, in today's digital age, we know that that is a massive understatement. So now think about the tight-knit circle of your organization and of your teams, whatever you call your groups in in your company. Think about the relationships that people have. Think about the security they're looking for in relationships when you and I are not connectively communicating to them in times of crisis. If they do not have a proper perspective and they're spinning around in a self-serving circle with a lack of information and they're already blaming, guarding, protecting, and defending, then the most important thing they're going to do in their own eyes is they're going to have an audience of people around them reinforcing their narrative, reinforcing their perspective, reinforcing the way they see it. And that's how these these water cooler coffee pot discussions take place when they say things like, you know, I think this is what they're telling us. 
you know, I think this is what they're doing. You know what they're getting ready to do? They're getting ready to get rid of all of us. You know what they're getting ready to do? They, they, they don't even appreciate what we do. They don't appreciate us because they're not talking to us. And even though it's at times defensible, very rarely, I hesitate to even say this, at times it's defensible to say we are doing our best to communicate. The fact of the matter is you just have to keep over communicating and connectively communicating until you take care of what I told you in the very first episode. You take care of their security. You reinforce a corporate and individual identity and belonging. You reinforce the purpose and what we're all doing. And you also understand we are communicating to people with all the necessary steps. We are helping them to see that we have thought of multiple options you, you have to be able to communicate to your team sentences like this. Even though this is, looks very, very tough to you, we want you to know we thought about this, fill in the blank, and this is why this didn't work. Then we thought about this, and this is why this didn't work for us. Then we thought about, in other words, you cover all the options. You have to do that for at least 25% of your workforce. And then for the smallest percentage of your workforce, there's going to be this deep, one of the smaller percentages, there's going to be this deep desire for connection. How is everyone feeling? It goes like this. We know that how you're feeling is, is, is very dangerous right now. We want to put you at ease. And then everybody's, a large group's going to have to hear the big picture as well. Just remember, if you don't check this in your communication, they're going to start getting circles around them. And these are really what I would call circles of safety because they're trying to fill a void of information that you and I have not given them. Well, let's keep going. Without connective communication, there's going to be an assumed divide between those who matter and those who don't. Now, again, this is a perspective and that divide is deepened. In other words, between it's the us and them. It's the management and those of us who are doing the work. That's the way they see it. Connective communication demands that you as a leader, uh, you lead multiple levels down in your thinking and your communicating. What happens is we get in bubbles of concern in our leadership and we get we, we, we seclude ourselves away in, in, in meetings and whiteboard sessions and we end up in a bubble instead of spending time understanding the troops, walking among the troops, talking among the troops, remembering what it was like, if I can really abuse the illustration, remembering what it was like when we were an enlisted soldier. Here's the challenge for some of you. You were not an enlisted soldier long enough. You didn't spend enough time in the enlisted ranks, or it's been so long you've forgotten how the enlisted ranks think. And so what happens is, whether we know it or not, in our arrogance... We birth this divide or we deepen this divide because our connection is from on high. Actually, I'll take that back. Our communication is heady and it's corporate sounding rather than an effort to connectively communicate with the foot soldiers doing the work. Okay. In other places, I've called this the 10th floor syndrome. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's related to this idea that sometimes we can go up in the building in, in our leadership and we forget what's going on below us where people are carrying out the tasks. And so in times of crisis, in times of struggle and duress and doubt, it is critically important. And might I say, in the good times as well, 
it is very important to think long and hard about what those are doing and what they're thinking who are working for you and speak to them. Don't just speak based on what you feel or what you think in your own mind. It's the difference between communicating and connecting. That's why I want you to connectively communicate. Two more. Let's just kind of press into this, that without connective communication, the the just cause, remember all these things that I've referred to, whether it's Simon Sinek, whether it's Stephen Covey, whether it's Tim Ferriss, you know, whoever it might be. Without connective communication, your big purpose, your why, the reason you do the things you do, your just cause, if there's not connective communication, all this is called into question as nothing more than a motivational trick. If people are truly involved in life-changing, big purpose, just causes, I mean, if your company has been communicating to people that the reason we do what we do is this, not only do we want to make money so we can all be paid and have a good living, but here's the problem we're solving for people and for our customers. Here's what we do. Without us, this wouldn't happen. If that's not a story or a narrative that your company has been hearing on a regular basis and you start parading your bigger purpose in the midst of a crisis, then your people are going to see that as a manipulative trick. So connective communication is not possible without a story, without a history of your story without a history of why you do what you do, without a history of the bigger picture. And if you don't have it, or you never had it, then admit it at the beginning of the process or when you catch yourself and work towards it through this season of crisis. So when you you get in front of people and the only motivation you have is to be paid or not to be paid, and you have forgotten that the people who work for you are giving you nearly 40 to 50%. The average is 30-something percent. But in today's world, they're giving you sometimes 40 to 50% of their time. And if, if you've never shown them a bigger picture, a bigger security, belonging, or purpose, if you've never given them a bigger why, then the only perspective they're left with is that all you people care about is money. And then when it comes time to crisis, there's no trust built whatsoever. And if you see that, then you have to stop. And when you get in front of your team, it's time for you to say, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we have done a terrible job of communicating that this company is bigger than just dollars. And so we want to apologize to you for that. And we want to begin to help you to see the bigger cause. It's tough because we know we're in a difficult time. And there's no doubt that you think we are manipulating you because we're getting ready to throw down the hammer. But what we're trying to do is help you to see that we have missed something as a company. We have missed something bigger. You got to be the bigger person as the leader. You got to be the one who says, we have allowed this thing to just spin on its own and for you to have a false perspective about what we are all about. Listen, people want to be involved in something that's life-changing and worthwhile. And I'll say it again, and I've said it a hundred times on this podcast. The people who work for you are giving you. They are volunteering. I know you're paying them, but they can give that somewhere else. They're giving you 30 to 40 to 50% of their life, if not more. Are you giving them any reason whatsoever for that to matter? And especially when times get tough. 
without connective communication, the just cause, the big purpose, or the why is going to be called into question as nothing more than a motivational trick. When you stand up and say, now, you, ladies and gentlemen, you know that the reason we do what we do is about more than money. But if that's all you ever measure, if that's all you ever measure in job reviews, it's all you ever talk about when you speak to your employees is the dollars and the bottom line, whatever it might be, they know you're manipulating them. And they're going to jump right back into a self-serving perspective. And that's what they're going to talk to their golfing buddies about and their friends about. And it's what they're going to post on social media. Connective communication understands if you really do have a bigger purpose, and it also understands if you don't, so you can start back with the bigger purpose. So the last thing, connective communication must occur repeatedly. Let me tell you this. You only know if you have connected, and this is the worst thing I'm going to tell you because it's the hardest thing to measure. You are only going to know if you've connected when you feel it. You, you cannot measure this type of connection. I would argue that eventually your revenues will increase because people always want to be a part of a secure place that communicates and has a big purpose and a big why and leadership connects. But I don't think you can measure it. The reality is I think you can only feel it. But connective communication must occur constantly, repeatedly, all the time. Started this podcast an episode and a half ago talking about how important connective communication was in a season of crisis and struggle and duress and doubt. That in the absence of information, people will fill it in with their own negative stories. And in today's day and time, it's a little bit easier to take this this teaching and to work on our connective communication. And then when we get back to some semblance of normal, we might think, okay, good, we made it through that. But if you do, then all you're going to do is allow people to defer to a negative perspective. And then people are going to know you are manipulating them with your conversion to connective communication. This has to be something you begin to practice. It has to be something that you do on a repeated basis. It has to be a new discipline. It has to be a new way of life within your corporate culture. That Because you know the bigger why and the bigger purpose and the just cause, because you understand that people are giving to you 30 to 50% of their lives, because you see that if you don't give them the proper perspective because of your I'll use this word, love for them. They're only going to be left with their own perspective that you have not informed. They're only going to be left with what they think they're supposed to want because you have not informed of the bigger purpose. They're only going to be driven by what they think they deserve because they do not think you are caring for them with security. And then they will move into the protecting, blaming, guarding, and defending, and they will gather people around them. And when you have lost the culture because you have not had a communicative connection, in a connected communication. You'll have to work doubly hard, more than doubly hard, to get the culture back. So I would encourage you, as you go through these days, to think about whether your communication is connecting. We could go on and on, but you have to, all, you have to always be thinking about what are the people on our team thinking? What could they be thinking? What might they be thinking? And how can I address it? That is the task of a leader to answer the question that hasn't been asked, to discern the question that hasn't been asked, and to find a way to connect through communication so people thrive. And so you and your organization becomes everything and everyone becomes every person 
they and you are supposed to be because of how you've been destined, designed, and called. That's your job. That's your job as a leader. And just remember as you communicate, there's never, ever a neutral moment. God bless. See you next time around.